This episode is brought to you by our Patreon. You can support us at patreon.com slash curlycriticspod. We have four tiers ranging from $3 to $15, and you just really want your support. You could get a bonus weekly show from us called Very Curly Talking, or you could get a monthly postcard signed by us. Thanks. From WBNE. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And today we're talking about Knives Out. I like knives. Okay. What? (laughs) I didn't make the weird sound! You did. (gasps) I'm so proud of you. I said something weird instead. Like, I eat paper clips. Yeah, I'm not editing any of this out. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to look up information about this movie because I forgot about that. Happy April Fools, everyone. This movie's not coming out on April Fools. Happy not April Fools, everyone. This movie came out November 27th, 2019. It was directed by Ryan Johnson. And it's cool. (laughs) What is your history with this movie, Jade? I watched it about three hours ago so i pretty much just finished it excellent excellent (laughs) (laughs) i saw this movie is like the promos for this movies when it was like just coming out and i thought wow that looks like it's gonna be a cool movie and then i had no one to see it with and i just didn't i thought about it there was a time that semester I was like one of the only ones left on campus because I was an RA and I had nothing to do one day and I was like what if I just went and saw Knives Out by myself but then I didn't I really should have but my brother saw it and he just kept talking about how great it was but he was like it's not your kind of movie you won't like it so last March when I was on my way to Berlin pre-pandemic me and my two brothers kind of pre-pandemic <laughs> pre <laughs> yeah we me and my brothers all watched knives out on the plane together oh that's cool yeah when i was watching it i was like oh this would be so cool in theaters yeah we like were watching it we were all like 30 seconds away from each other the whole time cuz we like Zach started it, and then I was like, oh, I want to watch that movie, so I started it, and then Tim started it. (laughs) It was a great bonding exercise. Yeah, I've never seen it, like, on a big screen. (laughs) But I wish I had seen it in theaters. I really should have just manned up and go. I might see it with my parents. I might be like, hey, you guys need to watch this movie. It's really good, because they like mystery stuff. My dad, he basically lives off of the id channel which if you don't know is like all just the real life murder mystery murder shows omg serial killers like whatever (laughs) it's just that 24 7 there's nothing else and it's all real stories and i'm just like oh i can't do that i can do like an hour of it and then i'm done (laughs) i definitely feel like this movie was so much better the second time Oh, really? Also, I watched it on an airplane the first time. but That's definitely fair. 
And you were probably more focused of like, oh, what's happening on the other screens right now? Oh my gosh. Well, the other screens were also knives out. (laughs) Well, yeah, but like when they're 30 seconds apart, you're like, oh my gosh, what happens next? Oh, he's that part right now. You're right. (laughs) But the first time I watched it, it was a lot of like, ooh, what's the mystery? The second time I was paying attention a lot more to the way that the movie was written and yeah oh yeah the characters so much of that and everything and so it's a lot like the second time coming out i was like okay the first time i watched it i was like wow this movie is good the second time i'm watching i was like wow this movie is amazing yeah it's (laughs) like a piece of art because i could actually pay attention to it and like pick out the things that are happening Mm -hmm. this would have been a cool one to watch in our english class and analyze oh my god gosh would have been incredible our english teacher would have loved this movie oh yeah he's not dead (laughs) you're right you said would have loved he probably does love it hopefully i have no idea where he is rest in peace (laughs) (laughs) he's not dead (sighs) it's fine anyway so the plot of this movie is on the night of Harlan Trump, this old guy's old guy's birthday <laughs> on his 85th birthday. I cannot pronounce his last name. Apparently, uh, his family gathers the thornberries. They're they're like the the wild thornberries. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. <laughs> On the night of his 85th birthday, his family's gathering together. It's his birthday party. And then the next day, they find him dead. And so the movie is about the mystery of figuring all of that out. Also want to say, if you haven't watched this movie, stop and go watch yeah. it. Because I don't want to spoil it for you. Like, spoil the mystery for you. Yeah. But also, I want to talk got- about it. Yeah, it's got very Clue vibes. So if you like the game, there's a movie, right? If you like the movie, if you just like murder mysteries in general, you'll enjoy this. Even if you don't as much, it's still really captivating and interesting. Yeah, it's a movie that is incredibly comedic, but takes itself very seriously for the fact that Almost everything that people say is like a joke. Yeah. It's it's I beautiful. Don't... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's also kind of confusing. It's fine. I'm like, is this am I supposed to laugh? What is happening right now? Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, wow, this like the humor is very subtle and nuanced. Mm-hmm. In a very, like, intelligent sort of way. And, like, if you're just watching it, you'd be like, oh, that's funny. But, like, especially the second time I was watching it, I was like, nothing anybody is saying makes any sense. Yeah. Like, this script is completely insane. It's like they wrote out a comedy movie and they were like, okay, now act it super seriously. Let's go. I would love, you know how people, like, 
they'll take movies or like Disney shows and take out the laugh track. I want them to put one in this movie. (laughs) That would be so cool. That would be amazing. It would just like, it'd be the funniest movie. They'd get another award just for comedy. Didn't they get any awards? I don't know. I was about to ask you that. Another award. Like I just Uh... assumed. This movie definitely makes you feel smarter, too. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm like a detective. That's so crazy. (laughs) It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, but it didn't win. Oh. It won the American Film Institute Top 10 Films of the Year. It won Feature Big Budget Comedy Casting Society of America. And it won some other things. Well, they won some stuff. I'll take it as a win. It's actually... Yeah, I guess it was advertised as a comedy movie. If it won comedy. But... Yeah, that's really weird. I didn't... I don't know if I ever saw any of the trailers, to be honest. Because I... Got this movie confused with... There's one where it's a lot of famous people and they're all on a train and there's a murder mystery. Yeah, that's... um, And I... Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, I thought that was this. So I was definitely confused when it started. (laughs) I had no idea what was going on. It's fine. We got there. Literally, as soon as the music started at first i was like nah this music is weird i don't i don't even know like the beginning music and the ending music and everything in between is just really odd and out of place which makes it even better and then (laughs) like before it it just barely cuts to the title whatever and i'm like my first note is this gives me clue vibes and I've never even seen it. <laughs> yeah, they even reference clue. Like in the movie. I know. It's so funny. They reference so many things and I'm just like, yes. Yeah, I was gonna say that they reference so many things and I don't know most of the things that they're referencing. Besides Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, I got that one. I got the clue reference. That was so funny. Like I knew when he said the line, like, obviously, we're Hamilton fans. I was like, oh, that's funny. And then the other guy starts grinning, and he's like, oh, that's from Hamilton, right? <laughs> I'm like, you guys are dumb. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so the movie opens with Marta, the main character, like, waking up and being called to go to the Thromby house. I looked it up. Thromby. I was close. Yeah, because they, a private detective has shown up and he's investigating the case, which looks like an apparent suicide. Yeah. And so the family is like, it was suicide. Why are you still investigating this? But the detective, Benoit Block, got hired by, he just got a wad of cash hired to him, like sent to him and was like, investigate this. So he's come and he's interrogating. Well, he's not. The cops are. He's just there. 
are like interrogating all of the characters and it's so good that introduction scene i mean the introduction scene is like an hour long but oh my gosh it's so long i was like when will this end but it's so important for the entire plot to make sense because you get to see that everyone's lying yeah it's such a great way to introduce all of the characters because you get to see all of their care like the like all of their personalities right off the bat you get to see that they're all unreliable narrators Mm-hmm. And they're all lying. All of their point of views from kind of like third person perspective, but from their own viewpoint. And then they're like, no, actually, I think this happened instead. And everyone's just like, what? No. <laughs> and just there's like little subtle things. Both Linda and Walt are talking about how much they love their dad. And there's a scene where they're the ones that are there when the dad, the cake is being placed. And I was like, wait a minute. There's also a scene where Marta shows up and at first, well, maybe was it Linda, was like, I'm so sorry you weren't at the funeral. Like, I wanted you to be there, but I got outvoted. And then, like, later somebody else says it and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And all of these, like, subtle clues. Also, every single time they mention where Marta's from in this movie, it's a different place. It's somewhere different, Yeah. I was like, oh, that's such a white thing to do. So it's just these, like, very nuanced ways of being like, nobody in this family cares about Marta. Mm -hmm. And they're all incredibly fake people. Yeah. And I like the way that was set up where we could see that instead of them telling us that. Yeah. There were a lot of not-so-subtle things at the beginning that maybe... You would think we're subtle, like the little one-liner that could have been missed by anybody about the real versus prop knives, or the the note that um, the note that Harlan wrote to his daughter saying that is that her husband was cheating on him. And so the husband finds the note once Harlan is dead and the note's blank. And he's like, oh, good. And I'm like, no, that's definitely a secret message. Like, you burn that. You not like burn it as in see Uh the message, but like literally get rid of the evidence. You idiot. Why would you just leave it there? All these people are just really dumb, in my opinion. (laughs) Besides Marta, she's actually really smart. Also, Ransom. Ransom and Harlan. That dude's pretty smart, yeah. too. Like, Even dang. the detective is a complete idiot. Oh, he's so dumb. And that's what's... I guess that's what makes it a comedy. But I didn't realize that the first time I watched it, I wasn't paying much attention. I watched it again. I was like, this guy has no clue what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea. He's acting like a hick Sherlock Holmes. And he's literally stupid. Like... He doesn't know what's going on. It's it's so good. So And so Marta's like, Yeah, you're like the worst detective ever. And he's like, Well, you're not such a great murderer yourself, which was hilarious to me. I was like, that's great. Yeah, so all of the family's getting interrogated, and then we get introduced to Marta's side of the story, and we discover that Marta has this thing where she can't lie because every time she lies, she throws up. 
It's like the lasso of truth, but gross. <laughs> Which I was when I was watching it, I was like, this is completely out of place. Like this makes no sense. But it's just a very like comedic thing. Yeah. But we get introduced to her side of the story, and basically what happens is Marta thinks that she gave she gave Harlan too much morphine and mm-hmm. accidentally made him overdose. And then so this whole thing ensues where Harlan kills himself because he doesn't want Marta to get the blame, and Marta has to come back and do all of these things to set up and like cover her tracks. And then we're, like, carried on this story. And we find that out within the first, like, 45 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one of those things where you're reading a book and, like, the plot seems to be resolved. But then you look and there's, like, 100 pages left. Yeah, and, and you're, you're like, like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah, I kind of figured that out. I was like, no, this isn't the end. <laughs> So then we're taking on this spiral of what happens next. And yeah, as soon as the crime lab blew up, I was like, oh, there's way more to this that's happening. That's when I kind of knew. The will is read and we discover that Harlan changed his will a week before and gave everything to Marta. Mm -hmm. And the family freaks out, instantly turns on Marta and... Marta runs away with Ransom, who is the black sheep of the family, very such a little jerk, but he's also very, hilarious. Very cute Chris Evans. We it's love fun. Chris Evans. Yeah, even throughout this entire thing, I was like, oh, he's such a D-bag. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I have a note that says i love ransom such a sarcastic little prick yeah like him just smirking the whole time i'm like oh this is what emma lord meant when she wrote smirk (laughs) three thousand times that was it (laughs) that dumb little smile on his face that was it and it's just funny because we're set up to believe that Ransom hates his family as much as Marta does at this point and he wants to see them fall and he's helping her unravel the mystery Mm -hmm. and then we discover that he's the reason there's a mystery in the first place yeah I I knew I was like no something's up he would not just help someone that's not that's not a thing no, I didn't have it all figured out, obviously. Like, the Marta plotline was insane. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What? But then with Chris Evans, I was like, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so what happened is Ransom, this is your last call if you haven't watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. What happens is Ransom switches the bottles that the medicines are in so that Marta will accidentally cause Harlan to overdose because Harlan or Ransom discovers that Harlan's changing the will and giving everything to Marta. But if Marta is suspected of murdering Harlan, even accidentally, she can't get the inheritance anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Which, when they were talking about the will, and Joni like looked that up, and she's like, "What about the Slayer clause?" And everybody was like, "Huh? Is the investigation still ongoing? Do you think Marge is a suspect?" And then, like two seconds later, they're back like on their own stuff. And I was like, "You were so close, so close." Oh my gosh! But. Ransom switches out the bottles, and so Marta thinks that she caused him to overdose, but Marta knows which bottle, like, which liquid is which, because they feel different, Mm -hmm. and so she didn't actually overdose, and basically this while, there's the blood toxicology report, and so they spend some time, like, trying to find it, and... Uh, then Ransom kills the housekeeper because she mm-hmm. figures stuff out and so he has to get rid of her and this whole thing is just Marta did nothing wrong Harlan committed suicide but Ransom killed Fran yeah and he blew up a crime lab <laughs> yeah and it was just once you get past the beginning character building, it moves so fast. Mm-hmm. And it's it really so well does. done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we need to stop the podcast right now because I just need everyone to know that this is the second week in a row we're going to be talking solely about Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> We talked about Jamie Lee Curtis last week. Yeah, she was in that season. Oh, we didn't talk about her for very long, though. But, like, tiny hair trophy. (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis and her tiny hair. I wanted to stop the podcast to talk about the sweaters. Oh, well, hmm, Jamie Lee Curtis, though. But the sweaters. Okay, Casey. <laughs> the outfit, like all of the colors in this movie are really nice. Mm-hmm. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, and I thought sweaters, everyone's. So it's even better. Um, everyone's outfits were just incredible. Like Jamie Lee Curtis in that red pantsuit. Yes, ma'am. Get it. And I love the outfit Marta was wearing. That made me very happy. Why did why she kept the same shoes on for days, I will never know. I wear the same shoes multiple days in a row. I only do that if I'm working. No. I will pair white tennis shoes. I wear them with every outfit. Oh. I also don't have a sense of style. <laughs> I mean, so. like, if you have, like, one pair of casual shoes... I mean, I'll wear, like, the same 99-cent flip-flops every day. That's just out of laziness. I don't want to put socks on. Fair. Socks are a lot of work. Yeah, dude. I'm not here for that. But yes, the sweaters are nice. The fact that Marta just happened to be wearing a sweater the same time... Chris Evans was wearing his notorious sweater. I was like, what? 
I was looking up on the trivia, and it said that as a character choice, they wanted Ransom to be the kind of person that has really expensive clothing that he doesn't take care of. Hmm. And so, like, all of his clothes have, like, holes in them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That was... I think that was a cool choice. Yeah. It took me until the last, like, 20 minutes of this movie to realize that Benoit Blanc, his, like, random speeches and monologues make no sense. Yeah. No. And especially when he was rambling on in the car with Marta, I was like, what are you saying? That's Those wh- words do not make sense together. That's when I was like, huh? But when he was talking to the grandma, mm-hmm. and he was just, like, going on and on. Oh, my and, gosh. <laughs> like, on, like, I cannot tell you what he said, but he was going on and on and on. And then he's like, I think you know, want to tell me something. And I was like, how did you get to that point? I'm confused. Yeah, he's talking about how, like, when you're older, you feel deeper, and that includes grief, and these kids these days don't know what they're talking about, and so he was just trying to relate to her. I don't know. He he just didn't make any sense. When he first opened his mouth, I hated the accent more than anything on this planet. It was awful. I've got great news for you, Jade. They're making sequels with him. Oh, I know. (laughs) And I just, I love that for my poor ears. That makes me sad. It got better throughout the movie, but when he first opened his mouth, I was like, what accent is this? What are you doing? When he's like playing the piano key, the same key every time, I'm just like, stop being annoying. What are you doing? That, that's the part I was texting you that I had rewind, rewound to, like, figure out. I was trying to figure out why he was hitting the piano. And I don't remember that, but so like go on. In, like, the same piano key over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down, like, what the people said that made him hit it, but I didn't put down what they said afterwards. And mm-hmm. basically, every time he hits the piano key the actual cop asked the question, what time did you arrive? So, so it's the it's a signal to ask the question. Okay. Why? I guess, like, what's the point of that? I get the cool symbolism, but... Just because he's the one there to get the interview and he wants that question to be answered. So, like, you're getting too off topic. Ask this question. I guess. (laughs) Does he do the same thing when he flips the coin? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to that Mm. one because it wasn't as loud. (laughs) It was so obvious when something was supposed to be obvious but it was really subtle if that makes sense like every little thing in this movie you knew was going to come up again somehow it was kind of mind numbing a little bit because you're just like oh my gosh I have to pay attention this entire movie 
It wasn't one of those where it's like, oh, I'm just going to turn this on. No. <laughs> the characters just in this movie are really amazing. Mm-hmm. They remind me of the characters at a murder mystery party. Yeah. Back when we used to do that, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> Very much you, like, get a card and are like, okay, this is what you're doing. And you just do it over the top. Yeah. But I also, I think that was the point. Like, that was part of the trope. Yeah. It was very clue-like. But done in a really good way. Like, modern way. I want a trick window in my house. Yeah, you'll have a trick window. I'll have a secret library. Okay. I mean... What if I just had, like, a secret room? Because a trick window, that doesn't really do anything. It does when you're trying to cover up tracks for accidentally murdering your wild ass. Yeah, but, like... Did you notice that almost everything in his house was, like, based on one of his books? Yeah. And the trick window is one of those things. Yeah. Because the detective kept going around and was like, oh my gosh, this is just like in the book. I'm like, shut up. You're so dumb. Honestly, that's the level of ego I'm trying to strive to. The white detective was so annoying. (laughs) He's just like, oh, I get it. Like at the end when Marta throws up and he's like, oh, that means she's lying. And everybody's like. And the black guy is, yeah. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Like, yeah, we get it. You're stupid. <laughs> uh, it was fun watching this movie like a, almost a whole year after I watched it the first time because I couldn't mm-hmm. really remember all of the details. Yeah. So I was like watching it and I was like, I remember that this is not the full story, but I don't know what is the full story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happens. Uh... And then as like the movie kept progressing, I was like, oh yeah, I remember what happened now. Yeah. It also gave, like, cool Sherlock Holmes vibes, and they knew that and called it out. Like, they said, oh, I'm Sherlock. Oh, welcome to the case, Watson. Like, all this stuff. And that was also really cool. It just, like, oh, we have this consultant that's hired on, but he's kind of weird. But then he's not smart like Sherlock, so that kind of (laughs) sucked. It was like. You're doing this big reveal and you barely got there. You had a piece of paper that told you everything. So. Yeah, I am excited for sequels to see this character Mm -hmm. grow because he gives me Gilderoy Lockhart vibes. Oh my gosh, I hate that. I'm like, I'm very famous. I'm really famous for doing this specific thing, but I also am terrible at my job. And I don't know yeah. how to do any of these things. I've just gotten really lucky this point yes. in that Yes, yes. Like, it's not Harry Potter, so he's not, like, obliviating people and stealing their stories. But it's very yeah. much, like, in this situation, Marta figured it out pretty much. Yeah. And he just happened no, to be in the definitely did. right place at the She's right like, time. like, wait, no, it wasn't you did it, the person that ransom killed she was saying Hugh did it because you always made the housekeepers call you by your name 
Hugh. And I was like, oh, that's good. Marge is a queen. She literally, we should have done this last month because freaking woman power. Uh, Yes, we can do women power 365 days of the year. (sighs) No, you're right. I just like she's so great you're right and she's like our age solving a murder like how cool she was also part of it so i was like nope i'm good i don't need that kind of anxiety in my life but (laughs) i love how she went from like this scared little nurse who's very out of place to that end scene where she's standing on the balcony drinking the my house my rules cup just like all the family is looking up at her. I was like, you go, girl. You go. Oh, yeah. Just like, this is my house. Literally. <laughs> also, when they were reading the will, and they're like, we're the thrombies, and this is still our house. And then they all paused and like turned because he hadn't finished reading the will. That was great. I had just assumed that she got the house, too. I didn't realize that he hadn't said it yet until they all turned around and I was like, oh, they don't know. Yeah. I just assumed. I mean, at that point, they probably knew, too. They were just hopeful. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Um... The... I think the biggest scene in my opinion, is when they're all in the, I guess in their den, like, family room, and the fire's going, and they're all kind of arguing or whatever, and they're talking politics, and they're talking about um, immigration, and then suddenly they bring Marta into the room and just blatantly ask her, I just... That was so cringeworthy, but I also see that happening, and I know someone was watching that movie going, why is that a bad thing? It's very, we are incredibly rich white people, and this is how we feel about immigrants. Yeah. It was so weird to watch because I know I've had conversations like that with people and it's okay to disagree on stuff, whatever. It just, that stuff is still happening. Yeah, and it's in- I thought that movie was made in 2020. It was made in 2019 and it's been two years. I mean, yeah. But it's done in a way, like, it's done in a comedic setting. Yeah. But, like, it's not funny. No. Like, we have those conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Especially enough- being in Texas, we have those conversations all the time. Yes. That's something that this movie also does really well. It does the satire of it all really well. Mm-hmm. It's just, this movie is just so good. It's incredible. Like, I wouldn't say that it's one of my favorite movies, 
of all time. Mm-hmm. But I look at this movie and I'm like, this is a work of art. This is it a good really movie. Is. It I I see myself watching it several more times. I told my brother to watch it. I assumed he already had because he's in love with his like big action people like Keanu Reeves, Chris Evans, John Krasinski, people like that. So I just assumed he had already seen it. I was wrong. It's fine. I don't know if my parents have seen it. They might have also watched it on the plane at some point. Fair. That was a long flight. (laughs) And probably one of the only good movies. Yeah, I... I remember watching that. I remember I tried to watch Jojo Rabbit, but I just couldn't. That wasn't a movie you watch on an airplane. No. And I still Plus, haven't seen a, it. That's definitely a war movie. It's a comedic it? war movie, though. I don't know that much about it. Okay, I just... I that's I couldn't... I watched like five minutes of it, and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I want to see that one, though. Oh, we should do that one. Okay. <laughs> just another like one-off maybe i just didn't really like the beginning i would really have to push through Um, anyway it's probably a good movie i just was trying to watch it on an airplane after leaving berlin and that's a thing watching movies about world war ii while leaving berlin (laughs) Oh my gosh, that didn't even set in until you said that. Oh no, nope. Yeah, my- We're not here for that. (laughs) My favorite lines in this movie are the donut monologue. Oh my gosh, he's so dumb. (laughs) At the end, where he's like, there's a donut and your story seems to fit the hole perfectly, but if you look closer- the whole the donut hole has another hole and i'm like you're such an idiot but all right and like, also- it makes sense but it's it's one of those things where it's like oh explain it to me like i'm five it's <laughs> <laughs> just so dumb also near the end they're like explaining this whole story and ransom goes this is stupid with two o's <laughs> it's like okay I love him. He can do no wrong. Except he literally murdered somebody. Don't. He tried to murder someone else. (laughs) It's like on TikTok, there's all these things that are like on BookTok specifically where you like give recommendations all the time. It's like, if you like this book, try this. And so there are a lot that are like, if you like enemies to lovers, try therapy. Or, if you like dark, mysterious characters who would kill you in real life, try therapy. And, like, Ransom is definitely that character. (laughs) Oh my god. Where I'm like, this man would not hesitate to kill me, but also, he's just a precious little cinnamon roll. (laughs) Which, thanks for that, Chris Evans. (laughs) Yeah, you're also very into, um, Raylo? Don't come for Raylo. So, but like, enemies to lovers. I, I'm not saying that I'm not part of that group. You're like, no, I was actually just proving that point. 
I was just telling you about the TikToks. I actually prefer slow burn friends to lovers because I'm slightly mentally sane. But a good enemies to lovers takes the spot sometimes. I always wonder with like people I truly despise. I'm like, am I one day going to marry this person? And then I think, no, you're gross. You told me that. That was going to happen to me once. (laughs) It's like, this is how it's going to happen. My future husband's either somebody that I'm going to meet and, like, love at first sight, or it's going to be somebody that I actively despise. And then... Yeah, that you won't see coming. I do remember that conversation. Yeah. So, awkward. So, let's see what happens. Okay, there's something else that I think really needs to be pointed out. Yes. In the car, when Daniel Craig is waiting for Marta to come out, um, and he's listening on his phone to a song. You know that song, don't you? I don't remember. (sighs) Oh, Gus. Okay. I wasn't paying attention to the song. I was paying attention to the ambulance. (laughs) Whatever. I wasn't paying attention to that at all because I knew I sing this song all the time. So I was like, wait a minute. I know those words. What? I guarantee you. This is this is my theory anyways. He was listening to Jeremy Jordan's version of Losing My Mind. That's what he was singing. Losing My Mind. Honestly? Not going left, not going right. Honestly, I can get behind this. So, I'm just saying... This is a question for the Discord. Yeah. It's not a question. No. It is a, are you for or against? This is war. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) There is no question about it. Did he create this song? Did he originate this song? No. Does that mean that it wasn't out by 2019? No. That's what matters. Also, the fact that I don't know that much music and I knew that song really says something about who I am as a person. Honestly, Benoit Black seems like the kind of guy who would be a hardcore Jeremy Jordan stan. Yeah, and I hate that because he's annoying. (laughs) I'm like, no, that's not okay. I'm just thinking about how Claire is going to listen to this episode and be like, thanks for the Jeremy Jordan stuff. You're welcome for the shout out. That's a hot mess. Yeah, so Jamie Lee Curtis, Jeremy Jordan. That's it. That's all you need to know. Do you... Have any other comments? Do we rate this? Yeah, I was going to get to that. I was going to ask you any other comments. I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like we've been fighting a lot on this podcast. It's like fake fighting. I mean, it's definitely fake fighting. Yeah. But we've gotten to the point of our podcasting career where now we're just like fighting each other. We've been doing that in real life for, like, 15 years, but now we're doing it on the internet. 
Yeah. Um, I, like, talked about all my points on accident, so that's cool. Congratulations. Yeah. I talked about Also, I knew, I knew it was going to be a prop knife. We all knew. Yeah, I did too. Why, why was it a Game of Thrones knife thing, though? That's what I'm... I was trying to figure out that whole movie. I feel like there has to be a reason. There has to be a reason that everything's like pointing at their head. It really does look like the Game of Thrones thing, though. This says Ryan Johnson was happy to get a Sondheim reference and via Blanc singing a song from Follies in the Car. Apparently, the legendary musical theater composer is a big fan of mysteries and puzzles. Huh. Well, that's cool. It was just such a weird thing to put in there. But I knew. You're a better musical theater fan than me. I'm a better Jeremy Jordan fan than you, for sure. I'm not going to deny that. Musical theater? I don't think I know as much, honestly. Yeah, I probably know more about music theater in general. But I think we both need credit for watching 1776. I think (laughs) if anything makes us true stands, happy birthday, Mr. Feeney, March 31st, by the way. But uh, if anything makes us true musical theater fans, it is suffering through that two-hour movie. Was it two hours? At least... It was an eternity. I still have PTSD from it. I'm like, oh my gosh. I still think back to sitting on my couch going, wow, this will never end. It's two hours and... Oh. Did we watch the extended edition? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Because it's two hours and 21 minutes, but the extended Blu-ray cut is two hours and 48 minutes. I don't think we watched it on Blu-ray, so I th- I think we watched the 220. <laughs> it felt like three hours. Yeah. No, it genuinely felt like three hours. We had to set time out of the day to watch it. He, Ryan Johnson said that he didn't even look at Game of Thrones when he made that thing. That's so funny. But, like, everyone could see it. Yeah, the filmography of... was really impressive throughout this whole thing. So Yeah, my favorite part was when Marta walks out after the will and the camera starts shaking. Mm-hmm. I was like, brilliant. Nice, yes. That I feel, was pretty cool. I feel like all cinematography things that I can notice are really cool because I can notice them. Not even, yeah. like, they may not actually be that cool. I'm just like, oh, I noticed that. That's cool. Yeah, or like the sun shining through the knives when Daniel Craig sits on that, like, knife chair. And so, like, his head is in the circle where the knives are and the sun is shining through. I'm just like, oh, magnifique. Mm, so good. So, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes critic and audience score are? Uh, critics... Uh, I have to find my app. 87. 
audience, 90. Okay, I'm going to say 90 critic, 95 audience. I was leaning that direction. Okay. The critic score is a 97. (laughs) (laughs) And the audience score is a 92. Well. So, good job, everybody. I was definitely 10 points off. (laughs) That's better than some. Some have been like 50 points off. And I'm just like, oh, mm mm-mm. Soul. (laughs) Yikes. That's right. You have all the stats right in front of you. Yeah, I'm looking at them. I was trying to see if this is the highest ranked critic movie that we've done. Technically, Animal Film is more. But, like, that's not technically a movie. So I would say that this is the best movie we've done. Critically. Nice. Not personally. I just realized the guy who said immigrants we get the job done is the same guy who interrogated Marta about being an immigrant. Yeah. And, like, didn't want immigrants. Oh, my gosh. I just put that together. That's sickening. Okay. We gotta move on. (laughs) Okay. What score do you give this? Oh, no. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't ready this time. Um, let's see. It was really good. I don't know. I feel like I would. I would do the same. I would give it a better score the second time around. So I feel like this. I need to compensate a little bit. Um, we do it on a scale of 10. I was still thinking 100 for some reason. I mean, you can give it on a scale of 100 and I can... (laughs) Yeah, you can just do the math. No, I won't do that. I'm just having 100 pineapples is too many pineapples. That's what Newsies deserves. So many. That's so many pineapples to eat. So many road trips. You know what? I bet cruises go through ten times more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I don't don't even know what's happening. I don't even like fresh pineapple, so. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. An eight and a half? Shut up. I told you. I told you. I give it. What? What do you give it? I'm going to give it a nine, but I feel like you overcompensated too much. You were like, I really like this movie. And then you gave it an eight and a half. I do really like it. I just, I wasn't like in love with it. That's fair. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like it was good. Whatever. You gave Die Hard like a three. Shut up. (laughs) I gave Die Hard a five. A nice I don't want to hear it from you. That is a classic movie. It's not a good movie, Jade. Shut up. No. I'm not. No, I can't do this right now. No. Anyway, that gives it an 8.67. 
I think that's fair. <laughs> I was going to give it somewhere in the range of like an 8.7, but I was like, no, I'm not going to. I like going by fives. Unlike you, who gave something like a 0.25 last week. And I was no, like, I no. gave it a 6.8. See, that's dumb. We're not going to do that. This puts... I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm going to keep doing it. This put Knives Out at the sixth best movie. No. Again. No, just kidding. The fifth best movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, what did we bump out of number five? Hamill film. <laughs> oh god. I have to change my score. No, it's done. <laughs> no. We're slowly working our way at getting rid of all of the musicals out of the top five. <laughs> Well, because that's all we've done. Yeah, so now it's Hidden Figures at number one, rightfully so. Bandstand at number two, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Stays Newsies at number four. And Klaus at, at number... That Stays Newsies was at three. Klaus is at four. I was about to say, it was like you went out of order. There's a, a, like a title row... And so the stuff starts on the second row, and so I keep getting confused. Thank you, Excel. And then Knives Out is number five. See, I think the top three are going to stay there for a while. Anything that gets a ten in general? Yeah. Yeah. The first, the top four all have tens in them. Yeah. I'm surprised this one actually bumped Hamill film. That's impressive to me. We honestly. give Hamill film an eight and a half and an eight. That makes sense. So this is a higher higher yeah. score. Yeah. Cool. But this movie talked about Hamilton. So really Hamilton's still in fifth place. And I just need everyone to know that. Okay. In their hearts. You want to take us out? To dinner? Yes, please. Let's get some curly fries. Okay, first of all... (laughs) I want curly fries. (laughs) I am sorry about that. Um, Let's go to... uh, uh, (laughs) Let's go to Arby's. I want to shake. Do we get a shake from Arby's? It's called a Jamocha shake. It's like not even coffee flavored. But like it's so good. Okay, we're not going to talk about this right now. <laughs> no. Arby's sponsor us. Okay. <laughs> first, I wanted to give a shout out to our first patron on Patreon. Thank you to Mad Cherry, aka Madison, aka one of our very good friends from high school. She graciously became our first patron, has been with us through this entire journey, has been our tech guru because she is a pro jamer and no one can compare because sometimes we don't know what we're doing and that's okay that's when you ask for help from people but she's incredible and thanks madison and if you want to talk to mad cherry or anyone else please um patreon 
<laughs> yeah, you can join our Patreon and hang out with us and the other awesome WB and E creators. There's so many. If you join our three dollar or fifteen dollar Patreon tiers. Yeah. Those are very extreme. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the opposite side. It's really funny. Um anyways, we have social media, we have a Twitter, we have I post on Facebook sometimes. We talk about this every week and I just don't do it. And it's okay. That's really for friends and family to ignore us on. So some of them listen. I look at our stats. And I'm that's like, very... hey, that's where Jade lives. And I'm like, hey, that's where I live. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. Someone's listening. It's probably our still number one fan, Aubrey. Although, Madison... Aubrey's like, she's on thin ice. <sighs> but she stays at number one because we like Apricot. The one eyed cat. I have had a lot of people be like, oh, I've heard about your show. And I've also had a lot of people be like, I haven't listened yet. And I'm like, just listen to it. Listen That's to how great our so show is. crazy. Yeah, some people ask me like, oh, so how's your podcast doing? And I'm like, how do you know that? Does it, do I have a sign on my face? What the? Anyways, social media, Twitter, Instagram. Uh... I have a TikTok now. Oh my gosh, TikTok. That's very cool. I don't can... even... Follow me at Carrie's Zwerg, C-A-R-I Zwerg, Z-W-E-R-G. <laughs> I forgot how to spell her own name. Um, me too. And, I know how to um, spell Zwerg. I can spell that real fast because every time I go somewhere, they're like, what's your last name? And I'm like, oh, you need me to spell same. it out? <laughs> okay, next week we're going to talk about how Carrie has anger issues. But this week, we're going to talk about our Gmail and how we have one of those. So Gmail us at curlycriticspod at gmail.com. This is the longest social thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh. Are you done? That's I hope so. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Great. The Curly Critics are part of the WBNE network, which has eight great shows, and we love all of them. One of the shows is called Perspective Z, where Rachel and Katrina are two Gen Zers and they just talk about life. And they're the coolest. Oh my gosh, they're so nice, too. Like, if you want to talk to anyone in the Patreon, it's literally them. Like, they're so sweet. Yes. And they have new episodes every Monday. Here's a Just promo. like us. Have you ever wondered what Gen Z was thinking while half the generation was eating Tide Pods? Or what those gosh darn kids are up to these days? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by me, Rachel. And me, Katrina. We discuss pop culture, politics, and everything in between, and give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as we gear up for college and beyond. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles! Sometimes when you listen to a podcast, it's like a donut where there's a hole in the middle and you just need something to fill the hole. And so 
you go looking for more podcasts, but then you realize that that donut has another hole in it. I don't know where I was going with that. I just... Thanks for listening. Bye!